educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live healthier is our mission. So let's begin. Hey, health warriors. This is episode number 72 of the Life Strength and Health podcast. I'm Kim and I'm joined with Jamal. Greetings, everyone. And uh, peace and blessings. Yes. And thank you for joining us this week. In this episode, we are going to discuss ways to get better sleep. And before we dive into that, uh, we just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by healthwarrior.co and healthwarrior.co is our private health community where we help you to, uh, reach your health goals to live a more natural and holistic lifestyle by providing the accountability, support, education, and guidance for you to do so. And we do that with our extensive health library, with our extensive and in-depth food library. We have an interactive health forum, um, live monthly trainings and live Q&A sessions, and exclusive member discounts on programs and services, as well as uh, a way to work with Jamal and myself on a one-on-one basis or within a group setting. So if you are ready to take your health into your own hands and take responsibility for your health, our health warrior community may be the place for you. To learn more about that, go to healthwarrior.co. So now let's segue into our organic food for thought. And in last week's podcast, we spoke about how one out of every five children are obese. And there is a new initiative starting in Europe to stop using the word obese and overweight to parents in regards to their children. And doctors and school nurses are being encouraged to start using the terminology healthy weight status and healthier lifestyles. And 85% of parents with obese children don't even recognize that their children are actually overweight and find the term obese to be offensive. You know, I... um. I I personally think that that might be a little dangerous. Um, one of the things that I see in our society is that we tend to change terminology and, and change the perception of things that are typically um, dysfunctional or out of balance to make them more socially acceptable you know, we have a trend of in our society that we're moving more toward uh, an overweight society. You know, over 60 percent of the adult population is uh, overweight or obese. And now it looks like we're headed in that direction uh, for children as well. And what you see is now uh, as we market to um, adults, Uh, Now we're using, you know, uh, and we've covered this in previous podcasts. We use certain terminologies, big boned, thick, plus size things to to make it sound nice and acceptable. And And I think that it's okay. I think that everyone should feel comfortable in their skin. But at the same time. I think it's important that we not miss the fact that uh, it can be unhealthy and that uh, you should be working toward uh, moving to a, a healthy weight, something that is going to extend your uh, your lifespan. Right. So um, I think that it's important that we don't lose focus of that, because when we get away from that with our children, it starts to become acceptable as well when it's really not. And I also thought that it was very interesting that most parents don't 
uh, really see or recognize when their children are are overweight. And I think it just kind of goes back to our uh, mis conception, because I think you see it at a very early age uh, with um, children. And that's this need to make them gain all of this weight and begin to make parents uh, self-conscious at a very early age that their child is underweight. And I, I think that then when you start to see your child begin to put this weight on, you view that, oh, their child, they're growing. This is a good thing. And you look at it as they need it. And it, it sets the platform for uh, obesity because obviously we want to make our children uh, happy. But uh, when we see them putting weight on, we don't see that a- as a problem. So I think that this pushes us in the wrong direction if we begin to uh, get away from using the terms overweight and obese for children and just saying we need them at a healthy weight status or a, a healthier lifestyle. What do you think about that? I think so. And also, um, especially within the black community for us women, um, a lot of times, even as adults, um, some of our clients, when they begin to lose weight, and reach their natural weight or, you know, body type, it's like something in the mind triggers you say, oh, no, I'm too skinny or I won't be as attractive because I'm not thick. So it kind of even goes into adulthood as well. Right, right, right. I I agree. So um, but so I definitely see this as uh, going in the wrong direction. And I think it's important for us to be honest, to have honest dialogue. Like when you come to our holistic center, I'm going to be honest with you about certain things. I'm not going to, you know, uh, just kind of delicately dance around it so that you don't get the point. And I think that if parents already are in denial about the, the health status of their children, it seems like this reinforces the denial by not addressing the issue for what it is. And it certainly hurts as a parent to admit, you know, your child is overweight. I mean, you you know, any parent, you you almost, <laughs> you know, you take full responsibility, but it's getting past that and and addressing it so, so that your children can develop and have healthy eating habits and better health as adults. So I know sometimes, especially as mothers, you, you, you feel guilty when mistakes are made, but we are not perfect. And, I, you know, as long as we understand that we, our parents made mistakes for us and we turned out okay too. So you just have to, you know, just be honest with it and look at the bigger picture and what, you know, eating habits and health habits am I instilling in my child? And it's, you know, Anything, it's not too late. Like, don't feel like, oh, why even worry about it now? Or it won't be easy to change certain habits that were established with your child and just understand that you're doing it for their betterment. And it starts with us. It really starts with us because they children do do what they see, not what you tell them most of the times. They're always looking even when you don't think they're looking. And this is even more so of an uh, encouragement and motivation for us as parents to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. And one one thing that I and last thing that I just want to point out that I that I um, see is a lot of times uh, parents will look at their children at a certain health condition, especially with like obesity, like their child will be overweight 
And then they'll look at the parents and say, oh, no, their parents are, are bigger, you know, like, oh, his father's big or his mother is uh, big. And we say that, oh, they're just built like their parent. But we don't want to fall into, you know, like if if uh, the parent has uh, an imbalance, we don't want to fall into, oh, it's OK for the child to have an imbalance because the adult has the imbalance. It just means that um, they have the same tendencies as their, as their parents, but it doesn't mean that they're just destined to be overweight or to have a particular health challenge. There are things that you can do to bring uh, your child into balance. And I think it starts with awareness. Yes, definitely. So now let's dive into the topic of this week's episode. And it's all about how to get better sleep. And, you know, this I'm really excited to talk about this topic. We just concluded or we're about to conclude, I should say, our sleep challenge in our health warrior community. And it it went great. And we were seeing great results. Um, and, you know, sleep, you know, it's often not talked about enough in terms of living a healthy lifestyle. And uh, we wanted to dive deeper into this topic to peel back some layers, discuss some misconceptions, um, you know, so that we can properly understand how important sleep is to overall health and how to improve our sleep so that we feel the best and look the best that we can be. And, you know, sleep in our culture, and I can certainly, um, I'm guilty of, of thinking this in the past where when you like as an entrepreneur, you know, you don't have a traditional nine to five schedule. It's almost, you know, you have many hats that you're wearing and you're always thinking about your business. You're always thinking about ways to improve it. What can I do? It's always something to do. And then you top on that for me, responsibilities of a mother and wife and other things that I'm involved with. You know, there's certainly for me, not enough hours in the day. It seems like you blink and the day is over. And a lot of times you put in more time um, than you should in completing certain tasks and goals and responsibilities. And there's a misconception, I should say, in our culture where if you sleep too much, you're lazy. That if you don't put it on the line, you know, you don't really want it. You're not fighting hard enough. And I think it just created this culture of just like, it's normal not to get enough sleep. And that's kind of like where we're at as a society. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, in our society, sleep is looked at as a luxury, you know, like it's it's something that either you have a luxury to get extra sleep uh, or or, yeah, you're, you're being lazy. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, on, on our podcast, we really try to focus on a holistic perspective, really looking at uh, the whole picture. And it seems like we neglect all of these little things that really matter. You know, we we look at one thing like we blame one uh, thing as being a culprit. But uh, what we're finding out and what research is revealing is that it's all of these little things that contribute. So we can't villainize one thing. I know. Uh, the, the hot villain right now is, is animal products, right? So we blame animal products for so many different things. But as we look at the research, uh, sleep deprivation will, uh, contribute and enhance a lot of these issues, right? And it's not just sleep. It's just so many other things. So I think it's really important that we start looking at these little things that we neglect. Actually, sleep is a really big thing, but looking at these little things that, that we neglect and understand how important they are to us. 
I remember in my young adult years, uh, sleep was looked at so negatively that, you know, we used to brag among my, my friends, like we used to brag about how little sleep we got and how little sleep we needed. And I remember for a while, I was only functioning on uh, four hours of sleep for a very long time. And I used to brag, I only need four hours of sleep because um, I eat this way, you know, I'm, uh, because I take better care of myself. My body requires less sleep. Uh, but but come to find out later, uh, that was very ignorant. And, you know, it's just a, a reflection of our society because the definition of sleep deprivation is uh, sleep less when, when you sleep less than six hours a night. But when we look at the national average of sleep, the average uh, American right now, and I'm not sure uh, how it is for other countries, but the average American is getting five hours of sleep. So like clinically, uh, everyone is, is sleep deprived, right? So when we look at the things that come with sleep deprivation, I'm wondering if the majority of the issues that our country is dealing with are rooted in sleep deprivation. Don't get me wrong. Um, I know that there are other factors as well, especially stress and, and emotional components as well as nutritional components. But I'm just uh, wondering if sleep, well, I'm not even wondering. I know that sleep plays a much bigger role in the health challenges that we have than the average person realizes. So I think it's important for us to really uh, bring attention to sleep. Uh, I think that this is the one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. It deserves a lot of attention and it's something that we're definitely going to talk about again in the future. Uh, you know, we do our research on sleep and we see the importance of it. People that come into the office we really try to encourage them to get sleeps, especially for those who are not getting enough. But we are no sleep specialists. Uh, this is a journey of us learning as well. And eventually I would love to have a sleep specialist on the show to uh, talk about this on a deeper level. So now let's discuss why sleep is so important. Sleep helps with repair and recovery. And that's that's pretty obvious. That's what most people know. Uh, sleep does. The interesting thing is we know that it's for repair and recovery and we still don't allow ourselves enough sleep in order to repair and recover. So a lot of people, they go so hard in one direction. Uh, like I, I know a lot of people that get up really early in the morning to work out. Uh, so they may only get three, sometimes four hours of sleep to go work out. And the workout isn't what uh, improves you. It's not what increases your metabolism. It's not what puts uh, Bill's lean muscle. It's the rest. It's the recovery, right? So if you're not getting your, giving yourself the recovery time, all you're doing is constantly breaking down, putting stress on your body. So uh, I think that one is obvious, but maybe it's not so obvious. Right. Sleep also helps with stress levels. And I think that that is really, really important because the average person nowadays is super stressed. We're not doing anything for stress. So you at least want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Yes. Sleep also helps with digestion. Yeah. If you're having some digestive uh, challenges, you want to check your sleep. Make sure that uh, your sleep 
is uh, adequate enough. Yes. Only one night with a lack of sleep will cause as much insulin resistance as a type 2 diabetic. This will decrease libido, speed up the aging process, and cause storing of body fat. And this is according to the Sleep Smarter book written by Sean Stevens. Yeah, i just say this. Um, in other words, that one night of sleep deprivation will resemble type 2 diabetes in your body, right? And that's automatically going to decrease your your libido and it's automatically going to cause you to store uh, body fat. Like that's a really big deal. Think about that. Type 2 diabetes uh, just from not sleeping. It's not saying that you have it, but your body is acting like you have that. So imagine two days of uh, not getting enough rest, three days, four days. Imagine a whole year of being sleep deprived, right? You're basically like if your body's mimicking it, you're basically a type two diabetic. That's a big deal. Yes. And, you know, research also reveals that sleep deprivation increases heart disease risk. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, we're seeing where this is going and, and how devastating it could be to your health. Right. A lack of sleep also weakens the immune system. Right. And uh, I know over here on the East Coast, uh, we're moving into the, the winter season, which is also cold flu season uh, for a lot of people. So this is definitely not the time to uh, to lack any sleep. Right. Uh, a lack of sleep also affects your hormones. It can cause a hormonal imbalance. Yeah, I was reading one uh, research on it. I'm going to try to find it so that uh, we can uh, post it. But it was saying that uh, less than six hours of sleep uh, doesn't give your body enough time to balance out your hormones. So uh, you automatically have a hormone, some type of some level of hormonal imbalance uh, when you're not getting in six hours of sleep per night, especially in men. Uh, your testosterone uh, begins to decrease uh, when you sleep less than uh, six hours a night and after two weeks of getting less than six hours per night, you can have a 20% decrease in testosterone. Like that is serious in just two weeks from not getting enough sleep. So again, that's two weeks. Imagine a year. Imagine two years of not getting at least six hours of sleep. That's a really big deal. Right. A lack of sleep also affects your energy levels. You can um, decrease them. Yeah, and we all know this, you know, sleep gives you energy. So a lot of people are fatigued often and, and they have low energy. And the interesting thing is that we live in a society where uh, we, we like the quick fixes. You know, if you have um, a headache, you take uh, some some uh, ibuprofen or something like that, as opposed to really addressing like dehydration, drinking some water, something like that. Instead, we go for the quick fixes. So a lot of times when we don't have energy, we'll just reach for coffee or we'll reach for some type of stimulant as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm only getting three, four hours of sleep. Maybe that's why I'm tired in the first place. So, um, yeah, energy is, is, a, is a big thing. And when you don't get enough sleep, when you have a lack of sleep, this can cause your body not to send enough glucose to your brain, which affects your cognitive ability. Right. Uh, the research shows that just by uh, 
sleep deprivation, you're going to decrease the glucose traveling to your brain by 6%, which is a big deal. And uh, what's going to happen is uh, that's going to actually affect your mental stamina. It's going to affect your, your memory. It's going to affect your ability to, to think. And what Sean Stevens says is uh, he quotes that uh, it actually makes you dumber, which is crazy. But but another thing is when you're not getting enough sugar to the brain, uh, because your body wants to make up for this glucose and try to get it uh, to your brain, you tend to crave sweets and, and sugar so that you can get more energy. And lastly, one of the things that we wanted to talk about in regards to a, a lack of sleep is that a lack of sleep can increase your chance of cancer. Yeah. And, and just with the, the cancer rates really starting to skyrocket, uh, that should be a, a enough alone to really make you rethink how much sleep you're getting a night. It's going to have an effect on you. It's going to play a role on your metabolism and your weight overall. If you're having difficulty losing weight, um, it's cool to look at the food, but you really need to take a look at your sleep. I think that that's a really important area that a lot of people are neglecting. Yes. So now that we dived into or covered why sleep is so important, we're going to cover five tips on how to improve your sleep so that you can get better sleep. And the first thing that we suggest is to vo avoid screens at night. Yeah. One of the things that uh, your screens gives off is uh, blue light. And uh, what blue light does is it's an artificial light that tells your brain that it's daytime out. So we're looking at our laptops, we're looking at our phones, we're looking at our TV, we're looking at uh, our tablets. All of these devices are giving off blue light and it's telling the body that it's uh, daytime. So it's actually night, but our body thinks that it's day. So what happens is we don't produce nighttime hormones, we end up producing daytime hormones. So uh, obviously at night, you should be producing the correct hormones. So that automatically affects the quality of your sleep and the uh, quality of your body to be able to balance out your hormones properly. So that is a really important thing. And uh, what we recommend is to uh, not uh, have any exposure to any screens, you really want to back off from, from your screens uh, about 90 minutes before bedtime, right? That that might seem uh, like a lot for a lot of people because we're so used to technology and we're so used to devices. But if you can um, just kind of step away 90 minutes before you go to bed, that's going to improve the quality of your sleep. And then sometimes, you know, we just can't for whatever reason, whether it's uh, work related or, you know, we just have to jump on really quickly. I know that everyone is pretty busy. In that case, we recommend blue light filters more as your last resort. So uh, on your cell phones, if you have like a recent, uh, the most uh, recent uh, phone version, it should have a blue light filter on it. So look in your settings and you should be able to find blue light filter. If not, you can go to the app store and you can download uh, a blue light filter um, for the um, uh, the Androids. We actually, we have Androids. We use 
the program called uh, Twilight. Uh, and, and for the iPhones, they have blue light filters. You look them up and you can find them on there for laptops and desktops and things like that. There's a program called F.Lux. That's F period L-U-X. And that is a, uh, a, a blue light filter for your computers. So I think it's really important to, to filter this blue light out. So at night, uh, your body is able to produce um, nighttime hormones. Um, another way to improve your sleep is to cut off the caffeine. That's really important. You know, we live in a, uh, a caffeine society, being that we don't have enough energy uh, and our mood is low. Uh, we turn to these to that stimulant to really lift us up. Right. Um, but you need to have a cutoff. Uh, caffeine can can have an effect on you for up to eight hours, even if you don't feel it, it's having some type of effect on you for eight hours. So ideally, you want to make sure that you're not having your coffee or any type of caffeine stimulant, whether it's uh, green tea or black tea or something like that. You want to try to not consume those things within eight hours of your bedtime. Yes. Another thing you can do to improve your sleep um, is to create a blackout room. Uh, this this is really important because uh, I know a lot of people actually sleep with the lights on. Uh, they sleep with their television on. They have all different types of lights and things like that. Uh, but the darker your room is, the deeper and better you will sleep. So ideally, you want to try to turn everything off. Any little lights that are, are flickering in your room. Sometimes you have uh, your alarm clock. You have the clock on your cable box. You have the um, to your computer modem. You got the little lights on there. You want to try to black everything out. You want to have blackout. Uh, shades and blinds. You want your room to be completely dark, as dark as possible, uh, because it's your your body just doesn't have light sensors in the eyes. It actually has light sensors on your skin. So even if you have the um, the the what is it called? The the thing the sleep. What is like a sleep blindfold? What are those called? The things so you the put eye in your covers. eyes. Yeah, was it just eye covers? Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so the, the the eye covers, even with the eye covers, even though it's black, don't, don't get me wrong; those are better. But if the lights are on and and your body's being exposed to the light, it's going to have an effect on your skin and even the sounds from uh, from the TV and the flickering. That's going to have an effect. On your skin, maybe a little soft music, really soft, you know, music, uh, something that you don't have to think, uh, just instrumentals. Maybe that can be relaxing, but you really want to try to create a uh, um, proper sleep environment. And the temperature. I mean, I was fighting this for a while, but the cooler the room, the better you sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the uh, studies show that uh, sleeping between the temperature of uh, 60 and 68 degrees is the most ideal for sleep. So if you find yourself to be a cold person, you're better off just putting on a little bit more cover, uh, but allowing that room to be cooler and you will sleep better. Yes. Another way to improve your sleep is to create wind down time. Yeah, I think that this is really important. When people come into the office and they're talking about they can't sleep and you really begin to to ask questions, what I find is that, for example, uh, let's say if, if you bring work uh, home with you, people will work on the laptop until 1030 and then say, OK, time for bed. And then they'll just close the laptop, brush their teeth and go to bed. And it's just too much activity like you need wind down time. So ideally, 
the longer the better. I, I would say 90 minutes is ideal, but uh, if you can't do that, you want to at least allow yourself 20 to 30 minutes to actually step away from everything and allow yourself to, to wind down, step away from the TV, step away from work. Uh, don't do exercise like right before bed. Uh, begin to create a sleep environment, right? Because, um, we have a very well, well lit apartments and homes, too much light. We have to, um, dim the lights and you want to create this relaxing environment. You shouldn't be stimulated with all of this light in your home. So you really want to tone things down a bit. Uh, maybe do some, some reading, right? Maybe relax and read. Uh, or have conversation with, with family and friends, but you really want to begin that process. Maybe meditation. Uh, you just want to begin that process of calming your mind down. So when it's time to go to sleep, it's actually ready for, for rest. You have to create a sleep environment and that starts before you actually get into the bed. Yes. And our final tip, um, on ways to improve your sleep is to create a scheduled bedtime. I think that this is really important because a lot of times uh, we neglect sleep so much that it's an afterthought. So if you have a long day and you have a lot to get done, uh, the average person will just work, work, work until they get the task done. And whatever time it is, is the time that they go to bed. But you actually need to act to schedule your sleep. If uh, you need to get in uh, seven to eight hours, they uh, research shows that seven to eight and a half hours of sleep is ideal. So if you need to, to get that much rest, you have to plan it. If you have to get up at uh, six in the morning and in order to get eight hours, that means you have to be in bed by 10, then that's something that you actually have to schedule uh, in your, your calendar, right? You have to plan your sleep just like you plan to get up at a certain time. You have to plan your sleep to make sure that you have enough hours to do what it is that you have to do. If you have a meeting or some type of engagement and it's going to be an hour, two hours, you plan for it. Sleep is so important that we need to plan that. And as far as like a hormonal uh, perspective, you produce the most sleep hormones and balancing hormones between the hours of uh, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. in the morning. So sleep that you get during those hours, it counts more. It benefits your body more than sleeping at any other time of the day. So you want to try to capital capitalize on those hours of sleep the most. So the ideal time for uh, people to go to bed is at uh, 10 p.m. and try to get as much of that window as possible. I know that uh, 10 o'clock is not always realistic and a lot of times it's not realistic to me. Sometimes we don't walk in the door uh, from the office until 10 o'clock. So uh, obviously we're not getting to bed at 10, but the more of that uh, window you can get the better. So uh, that is really important when it comes to uh, to sleep. Right. So those are our top five tips on getting better sleep. And hopefully you can start to incorporate some of them if you haven't already started. And if you are, you know, we love to hear from you, like leave a comment on the blog, on the show notes page, 
of, of this episode or wherever you listen to this, leave us a comment or on social media on Facebook or Instagram and let us know, you know, how your sleep is going. And if you have incorporated any of these tips, you know, has it helped to improve? Was it difficult to incorporate? You know, we'd love to hear from you. And for access to the show notes pages for this podcast episode, um, we will list Sean Stevens' book on, on, on sleep, which is a really good book to read. Um, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 72. That's lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 72 for access to the show notes pages. And before we go, we would love to invite you over to our private Facebook group. It's free. And if you want to connect and gather with other like-minded individuals looking to live a natural and holistic lifestyle, looking to learn how to do that. Um, we have a great group and um, Jamal and I are in there on a regular basis as well. Just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash group. That's lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash group to access our free Facebook group. And we would love to have you over there. Okay, so thanks for listening. And until next time, live healthier. Peace and blessings, everyone. Stay healthy.